Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, And with this podcast, you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care. And this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. In this week's episode, I speak with Lisa. And Lisa joins us on the podcast to take us through her four pregnancy and birth stories. Lisa is full of energy and you will not be... Uh, bored throughout this episode because yeah she's got heaps of just information and personal experiences to share so Lisa's first birth was in Sydney so she talks us through what that experience was like and then also coming home back to New Zealand um, and having her next three births here she has had uh, four vaginal births and they've all been quite different so She talks through all of the different birth stories and also juggling um, each child as they sort of joined their family and what that new addition was like and then rounds us out with her fourth birth which was actually um, very close to an earthquake that we had in New Zealand so she talks about what that experience was like postpartum and yeah (laughs) it's a jam-packed episode and I really loved speaking with Lisa about all of her experiences so I hope that you enjoy it too. I would absolutely love to hear your feedback Um, if you want to tag me in your story, where you're listening, what you're doing, um, send me a message or send me an email. I love to hear from you. But otherwise, I hope that you enjoy the episode and yeah, let's jump in. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Sure. Um, So I have four children um, and a husband and all my children are boys and they are a bit older now. So um, my baby, he is nearly five. He'll be five in November. And then I have a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old. Yeah. Awesome. Busy household with four Mm. boys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And do you want to talk us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys the first time around? Yeah, okay. Um, So we were living in London, but then we moved back to Sydney at the time. And my husband's father had two young boys. He had remarried. And um, when I met Dan, like, obviously, I just thought, 
he, I just want to have babies with him. <laughs> and so we were together for like only about two years. And then we moved back to Sydney and we were around these two little boys. And I remember one night just going to Dan when we got home, like, oh, I just, I just want to have a baby now. And we talked about it, obviously, and I knew he wanted to have babies as well. So we just thought we'd just try once. Yeah. And we were so lucky or, and it was so scary because we weren't prepared. We didn't have <laughs> anything. And I remember that night, um, like putting my legs in the air because I, I yeah. that that's what you do yeah. and I did that and then um lo and behold we were pregnant yeah wow crazy it's amazing and how yeah. did you feel when you found out that you were pregnant did you have many of the like normal pregnancy symptoms or yeah what was um, that like I was absolutely freaked out when I found out because we just did not I don't know about you but there's been many times throughout my like you know um early years that i have not been pregnant thinking that maybe oh I could God, have yes. been pregnant, yeah. you know, like probably stuff that, you know, too much information. But um, so I was absolutely so shocked. But, yeah, no, I had really sore boobs. That was my first thing I noticed with the first pregnancy um, that like unusually painfully sore that I never really had. I don't, didn't have yeah. any hormone, you know, I never got sore boobs around my period or anything. So, yeah, I just had really sore boobs. I remember that quite clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what about the rest of your um, first trimester? Did you have many other symptoms that sort of popped up after that? Yeah, I was pretty nauseous. Um, I had to walk past a fish market every day. I was living in Sydney and had to walk through this mall that had a fish market in it. And I just remember wanting to like vomit every time I walked past. I had to put my um, jersey over my nose and I would just go, I would just try and hustle through the crowds as fast as I could to get out to the other side because I just felt terrible. Um, I was off coffee and that was a bit gutting. So I remember loving my morning coffee and I just couldn't stomach it. Um, and apart from just the usual fatigue, I didn't, I, I felt quite faint on the trains in Sydney and I did faint one, one time in the early trimester and I was luckily enough with one of my mates that I worked with and he kind of rescued me. But, um, after the first trimester, I was quite lucky and I, you know, I didn't feel nauseous anymore. So, you know, it was more so just in the first trimester. I needed to pee the whole way through though. You know how some people just pee in the, at the beginning and at the end, like I've always needed to pee. Yeah. 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 And what about your, um, care so I know that you were in Sydney for this pregnancy so did you go with a midwife or a private obstetrician or what did that look like for you yeah that was quite crazy I remember um as soon as I got that those two lines on the pregnancy test just thinking oh my gosh what do I do now you know Mm -hmm. and you like I I didn't really know anybody um none of my friends were in Sydney really it was just I think my sisters had maybe or they had moved over and but you know they'd have had never um they weren't mothers or anything and so I didn't know what to do and I remember going to the nearest like doctor and booked an appointment and she just looked at me like I was like you know why are you even coming here you're only you know, <laughs> yeah. f- five weeks pregnant kind of thing she said you just need to find a midwife so then I looked around and found a midwife and I just um you couldn't actually actually you couldn't get a midwife you couldn't get Ugh. a set midwife so I would go to this um you know, a midwifery like centre, and each time I would go um, for the appointment, it would be a new midwife. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And so um, I didn't actually have one set midwife. It was quite weird. So I didn't really get a bond with anyone or anything like that. And I yeah, a big so it was bond... like a group practice or something like that. 
Yeah, it was a group practice and I would just, I would go every, you know, I think at the start they say come at um, nine weeks and then you do the scan and then you come back and then you come every four weeks. I think yeah. I did that, but I never knew what midwife I was going to get. And I, I remember thinking this was different to anything I'd heard from back home, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And did you do the sort of standard testing in that pregnancy as well? So like the normal scans and blood tests and everything like that that's offered to you? Yeah. So I did the normal scans and um, testing. And then at the 20-week scan, um, I we got told that that it was possible that the baby had a three or two vessel cord. Mm-hmm. So that meant I needed to have, we needed to go into this other room and talk to another doctor and I was obviously freaking out and um at that point I was like I wanted to know the gender because I thought if I knew the gender it might help me bond with the baby and I might I don't know I just and then we found out it was a boy and that um he had a could possibly had a two vessel cord which meant um in a normal pregnancy or whatever you in a routine pregnancy you have you should have three vessels two arteries and one vein and he only had one apparently he only had one artery and one vein and so that could lead to chromosomal abnormality so um i had to have a scan every month from then and that was quite stressful i remember feeling quite stressed about that yeah yeah and so did they did they know that you know every month they were looking for something specific or was it like a wait and see or what was that like? Yeah, it was just like a, you know, I feel like I kind of blocked that out of my brain a little bit, but I think it was, I'd have a scan and it was always fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's growing fine. He might be a bit small. I always got told that, that the, the main thing was that he'd probably be a bit small maybe. Um, yeah. And obviously I Googled everything and I remember crying and stressing cause I'm such a stressor <laughs> and freaking out and yeah. people telling me that these days, you know, they find so much on scans and they tell you so much more than they used to. Like mum never had scans really with us. And, you know, so I, there was always the reassurance from the older generation that it should, it will probably be fine. It'll be nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I tried to just get, get by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did you do any like antenatal classes or any type of birth education going into your labour and birth? That was the other thing that was so different to New Zealand. So I would we enrolled in an antenatal class, but every time we went, there were new people at the class. So mm. you you never had a group of the same people. Okay. And so we and because we had moved to Sydney from London, I didn't actually have well all of the, my friends weren't um, having babies. So I was kind of we were kind of quite young, I think maybe back then like my husband was 25 when Rico was born and um I was 27 and my friends hadn't had babies by then and we didn't really have any friends with babies so um I felt it was quite weird because we didn't really connect with anyone that was in our position so um and then after the baby was born we the anti you didn't have a set antenatal group you'd just go again to this room where there'd be whoever would turn up on the day would come and would share stories uh-huh. it was um different to what i'd heard because i kept hearing from people saying oh make sure you get a good antenatal group and you'll probably find really good friends from that and that was yeah. not the case we didn't really have the yeah. opportunity yeah 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 for sure and did you have much of like a birth plan or thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go uh no so I I didn't really uh, all I'd heard about birth was that it was just petrifyingly terrible <laughs> yeah. and um I 
yeah, I just didn't really know what the heck. I honestly look back now and I think I was so uneducated in it, but and it, and it actually was just so, my whole mindset was just not really in the game. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so were you doing anything like to try and prepare for labour or um, anything to try and get your labour to sp- start spontaneously? Yeah, I wanted to get the baby out by like 36 weeks. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like doing everything I could to get him out. Um, I just wanted it to hurry up and just be done with. And so the fear of labor was lesser than the fact that I wanted him out. You know, I didn't care. I just wanted him out. So it's so great when you get to that point, eh? Because you just think, right, I'm ready. Like, just get get, (laughs) You're probably feeling a bit like that. Um, Yeah. And I remember going, I had a friend come and visit and we went for this little um, walk and I sort of did a bit of a jog, which is ridiculous. Not long. I mean, I jogged like 10 metres. It was nothing. But that night, um, yeah, the labour labor started. So I was actually really early. But 36 weeks, five days, um, went to bed and felt a bit uncomfortable and stood up and went to the lounge. We were living in a little apartment in Sydney and I sort of just sort of like kind of sat on a chair almost like manifesting this is it this is it (laughs) and I didn't really feel any pains or anything I just felt a bit funny and then like I walked back to bed and my waters broke and it was so weird and I was like oh my gosh and I was I was 36 weeks five days and everyone had been telling me that you go over because mum went over with my brother the the first child for like by 14 days so she was just and they were in Wellington and so they were not ready to come they were going to (laughs) come to Sydney and so, um, yeah, I, it's, you know, that it makes me laugh too because my waters broke and I just thought, right, we're on, <laughs> but I wasn't on for a while. So, um, I went, we went into the hospital. Um, you see, that's the other thing, like back here, here in New Zealand, like if your water's broken and it's possibly your first birth, the midwife, you'd probably ring your midwife and the midwife would just say, just hold tight kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But uh, we just went straight into hospital because we had no number to call. We had nothing, mm. really. It was so weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, we just called the hospital and they said, come in and we'll just see, I think. And so I came in and um, they actually kept me in there because I was like, if I had had the baby, he would have been um, deemed as prim. So yes. yeah. they wanted to kind of keep an eye on me and just keep an eye on the baby. Um, yeah, so I was, nothing was happening for like the whole night. So I remember just, and I remember we were kind of rushing to the hospital. It makes me <laughs> lol because yeah. we got in the car and we were like stressing and I was like, come on, I'm in labor. <laughs> like, I wasn't really in labor really. I was just the beginning stages, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway, mum and dad managed to get a flight. Um, and I, so that night we went into the hospital, it was like one in the morning, the next day, I remember walking around the block heaps of times trying to, um, bring the labor on. And then, so that was 36 weeks, 36 weeks, six days. Yeah. And then, um, that night mum and dad arrived at about 6 PM and she walked into the hospital and she said she couldn't believe what she saw because she hadn't seen me for a while, the whole pregnancy. She sort of hadn't seen me and she was just like, oh, my God, I looked. But I wasn't, you know, I was properly in labour by then. It was about 6 p.m. Yeah. Um, but I was so stoked to see my parents yeah. arrive. Um, yeah, and then it all sort of started happening around, you know, 7.30, I feel like. But... 
we were in because they had put me in they didn't put me in a delivery suite at the start because I wasn't really in active labor or anything yeah by the time they had to um put me in a delivery suite delivery suite there was no room so um the the whole of St George's Hospital was fully booked or something yeah. so I had to be in the birthing suite so it was where once you've had your baby, you go to a new level, oh, yeah. you know, a new floor. And I was in yeah. that floor and I was actually sharing. There was, you, you often shared a, um, you know, you didn't get your own room. So I was mm-hmm. sharing a room with a lady that was 23 weeks um, pregnant and they were trying to stop her labor. And I was in full labor and I <sighs> just remember feeling like so out of sorts, like where am I, you know? Yeah. And, um, I remember there was chat between the midwives and it was just so, it was flustering me so much because they didn't have a room for me. And I remember her, one lady, uh, one midwife who was a, because on one floor, we if you were at the birthing suite, you'd get the midwives that would know how to deliver babies. But then this floor where we were, it was the caring, the midwives that just cared for the babies after birth. Mm. And the yeah. mum's after birth. And I remember her doing, doing an internal and um, her saying, oh, gosh, gosh, you're quite far along. Um, I might need to deliver this baby. I haven't delivered a baby in years. <laughs> and I, I just remember, like, freaking out. Like, my whole brain was just, yeah. you know, I was trying. I, I just was so out of control with my mindset. Like, yeah, I couldn't. And I remember mum looking up at her and saying, you know, she actually said, this is like giving, delivering birth in a third world country or something. Like she just couldn't believe it. We, there was no room for me. And there was a lady that was, you know, giving me an internal and I'm in full labor saying she might need to deliver a baby and she hasn't delivered a baby. And, um, yeah, so, and then I was demanding to get an epidural and they were just like, well, we can't give you an epidural here because we're not in the right, you don't have a room yet. Yeah. And I just was losing it pretty much. And then they wheeled me to try, wheeled me around in a wheelchair to try and get me, um, pethidine, I think, to put oh, into yes. my veins in my wrist. And that was the other thing. They couldn't find my vein. <laughs> and I remember my husband, who's like pretty chilled. And I remember him just looking really stressed at this point. Like, what the heck? Mm. Like, cause they were just, it was just so chaotic. Yeah. And I just look back now and I think, you know, when you go into a birth, you want to be calm. Like you want to try and be calm yeah. and that's your goal is to try and, and you want kind of a calm environment and the environment I was in was just so far from calm that it just makes me cringe so much. And there, um, it, there was a full moon. I remember that. And like there, I could hear the chat going on like, Oh, we're so busy. We haven't been this busy in so long. And anyway, they finally found me a room um, that was, I could go to so I somehow got to the room and I was like I need an epidural and I remember they were saying that you're nine centimeters you can't have an epidural it's too late it's too late but I was just like well I have to I have to and so then they apparently administered well they did but they administered a minor epidural uh-huh. and that helped my mind a lot I remember finally feeling like I could sort of regain a bit of control yeah um and I, it was like, I remember he, I, I was ready to push and I pushed within 20 minutes and my little man, my firstborn was born. Wow. Not too long of a pushing time. No. And, um, but I remember like so many people in the room too. It was just so far from what right. I was expecting. The whole experience was just like so chaotic that, yeah. um, 
I don't know, but I also said to like after I realised that you know I've I've come to and I've given birth, I asked to see the two vessel cord. And it was a student midwife on at this point and she couldn't find it. So I have no idea to this day, like what that was about. So it was pretty, (laughs) it was pretty, um, yeah, it was, it was quite, um, I mean, it was quite a good birth, but it was so chaotic and, you know, I didn't, I only had three stitches. So that was quite amazing for your, for my first birth. And, um, yeah, I just remember thinking like, I feel like my whole brain was just complete like it was so hard on my poor mind as well yeah. as my body yeah, yeah it was really hard yeah mm. and he was all fine when he was born like going to with the supposed two vessel cord he was all good yeah he was totally fine so he was about he was three weeks early um and he was six pound like maybe six pounds just six pounds oh, but yeah. um pretty okay for being three weeks early yeah and yeah. um yeah he he actually is my most kind of chaotic child <laughs> it's real funny like, yeah yeah and so yeah I mean it was difficult I, I found it really difficult I, he fed well and um, he latched well um he had quite bad reflux and I didn't really realize that until I had you know, my second baby that I realized this is actually not, not okay, you know, not right. Um, but he was a difficult, difficult baby. He, he was quite hard work. And again, I didn't really have any support, um, friends or anyone yeah. around me in Sydney. So I found that pretty testing. It was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And did you spend long in the hospital sort of straight after birth? Um, yes, I remember. Well, no, not really. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember staying there and feeling like I couldn't relax yeah. and I wanted to be with my man. Like I just felt he, he calms me and I remember wanting to stay there cause I needed help with feeding, but then they were so busy and they were so, I had to share a room, you know, yeah, I was sharing yeah. a room yeah. and I couldn't sleep. I'm not a very good sleeper if I'm not in my own bed really anyway. And so I was there for two nights and then I was just desperate to come home. And I just said, I need to go home. And I hadn't even mastered feeding at all, but I said to them, I remember thinking, I know I'll, I'll sort this out easier at home and being at home. And yeah. And so that as soon as I got home, I felt immediately better and more comfortable. And, you know, I, I just couldn't share a room. It was just so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and then, yeah. So going home was probably my, the best thing really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And how did you feel once you got home? Like, obviously, your whole life has changed with your new baby, and um, you're a mum now. So, what were those first few days and weeks like at home? Oh, I think I cried a lot. Like, yeah. I um, I remember, you know, when you have a baby and you're so lucky because you're gonna feel this soon, but you feel like the whole world should stop. Like, you know, when yeah. you drive home and you're thinking, like, hey, there's a new baby in here, or you, <laughs> you just think that, like it's like the whole world should know that you've got this new baby. And I remember being yeah. so incredibly proud of him. And I, I mean, obviously I just thought he was the cutest thing. He had a terrible cone head though, cause he'd been <laughs> engaged. He had the first baby. I'm sure it must happen quite a bit, but he was like low down for so many weeks that his head was so cone like, I remember that. But, yeah. And he was quite jaundiced, but he was beautiful. And I, um, I just remember 
finding it very overwhelming and yeah. we had a lot of um, my husband's mates um because he's from he's from sydney and a lot of his mates would rock over at any time and i didn't know about having kind of rules for visiting and they'd be here till 10 o'clock at night and i'd be in my yeah. room and i'd be crying and because they didn't understand they didn't get yeah. it yeah and and that was really hard and then and so I, yeah, I did find all that pretty overwhelming. I, and I had no really idea. I had not really, I didn't know what to do. And so, yeah. and it's so funny because a lot of people would always say to me, oh, you'd be such a great mum because I used to be a teacher and I suddenly had this baby and I was like, oh my God, I've just like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Hmm. Yeah. So I was very overwhelming. I, I definitely was not one of those mothers that were like first time and just been like oh yeah it's awesome it's so great like I found it really hard yeah 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 Mm. no fair enough and were your parents there for very long like did you find that sort of support helpful or what was that like initially yeah I was so lucky so they um booked an an apartment and rented out an apartment about a two kilometer walk from my house yeah so for for six weeks so for the first six weeks they did that for me and that was just so amazing because I could just once I after a couple of weeks I you know I'd get him get little man Rico dressed and then we'd just go for a walk up to the apartment and I'd hang out there and so that was so good. Um, I don't yeah. know how I would do it if I if they hadn't. You know, I well, I would do it because you just do whatever. Yeah. But that was yeah. such a wonderful support, and I I will always remember those those few weeks so fondly. Yeah. I do remember yeah. Mum always saying to me though, "Just feed him, feed him, feed him." <laughs> it's such I, a Mum thing. Oh my gosh, it is such a Mum thing just to yeah. tell people that. It's real funny because now she just laughs because she's seen me do it again and again, and she knows like, okay, I'm not going to say just feed him because. It actually yeah. made it so much worse. Like his reflux yeah. was just so bad. The poor little pig, piglet. I mean, he'd always want to feed. They always want to blim yeah. and feed. But I was just, he was just getting way too much and he couldn't cope. And yeah, so it was all about every time he cried, just feed him. <laughs> feed him. <laughs> but no, she. it was amazing to have my parents and I will be forever grateful to have them for those first six weeks of his life. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And what about your like physical recovery from birth? How did you find healing from the stitches and just, yeah, um, I guess you've been through something massive with birth, right? So how did you feel physically after that? Um, I remember feeling like battered and bruised all over. Don't like after, you know, the first few days, you you know, back sore and you just actually, and at, at the time when you're in the labor, you just don't really think that that would happen. You don't really think you'd have those after effects. eh? you just, think you'd have the baby and it would be fine but I remember just being like completely wiped out too because I was so tired because it was such a long birth so yeah it wasn't a long excruciating birth for all that time but I was not sleeping you know you once your waters break you just I just couldn't relax especially for your first time so I was kind of like two days with no sleep and then I couldn't get you can't catch up and I would try and catch up but that was always that was such a hard yeah um that was so hard for me to try and know that there was going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And I remember, um, you know, my, my stitches were all good. I would have, I didn't have in the apartment we were in, it didn't have a shower head that would latch on. You know how you, the ideally you'd want like a hose and you'd yeah. hose your vagina. Yeah. But, um, 
I just had a pump bottle and I, cause I, we didn't have one of those hoses, detachable yeah. hoses. So I'd have a pump bottle and I'd squirt myself and wash myself. But that actually was all good. Pretty, pretty textbook, um, healing, like nothing wrong. Um, I just took it real easy. I didn't do anything really for a long, for, you know, first six weeks. I just lay, I just lay down and tried yeah. to recover. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. And I guess if we jump, um, forwards a little bit so we obviously know that you've had a couple more babies since then so do you want to take us through um falling pregnant the second time and what that journey was like okay so I we always had this plan that we wanted like four and we wanted them all like close together (laughs) I don't know why we wanted I mean I am stoked that we've done it like this but um I wanted I just really wanted I kind of really, now I look at it, I really just wanted a bunch of boys really close together. And I actually yeah. am so lucky to been to got that, to get that. But um, with our second Louis, his name is, um, so we started trying. I remember we, we I, do you know, I asked my husband this today. I said, how long did it take us to get pregnant with the boys? It was like first yeah. time every time, he said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, no, it didn't. I think that, yeah, so with Rico, it was pretty, it was like that first time. And then the second one, um, I reckon we wanted to, I wanted to have about an, a year and a half gap. Yeah. And um, so when I was, when Rico turned one, I was pregnant. Um, and so it took us, I, I remember it taking, like we tried one month and it didn't happen. And then we tried the next month and it happened. And yeah. so we were so lucky. And yeah, I remember being pregnant at Rico's first birthday and mm-hmm. telling people and they were just like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. you know, the co- the comments, like, why don't you just have at least two and a half year gap? That's probably best. And all yeah. these comments, like, or oh, why don't you a three-year gap? And I'm like, no, I wanted yeah. to have a year and a half gap. And I'm yeah. really lucky that I get to have this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And how are you feeling, I guess, like it's something else being pregnant the second time around, I reckon, when you're <laughs> – when you're previously had a pregnancy when you've got no other children so how are you feeling in that first trimester this time do you know that I don't I I remember feeling sick but I remember being so busy with Rico that it was so helpful so like the first time I was so fixated on it that I would be at work and I didn't I worked um I wasn't teaching at the time and I was um, working in in front of a screen and I remember just being so bored and so invested in googling about pregnancy and what week I was up to and what my baby looked like <laughs> yeah. so this time around it was a bit of a blessing in a way because I was sick I wasn't I was just nauseous and very tired but I he was he would have a good hour sleep or two hours in the day you know he was he would he was on one sleep no he was on two sleeps because he was only little and I remember just always making sure I lay down when I could yeah. um, and I made sure that he had his sleeps and I'd be home from his, him to have his sleep so yeah. I could rest and so I just was a bit I started to get quite organized and efficient with that because yeah. I knew I had to um, yeah so yeah I do remember um, I was sort of I went back teaching because um, we were we'd moved back to Wellington by then yeah and I remember I was doing a little bit of relief work and feeling really nauseous while I was teaching. But then I was busy, so it kind of I just I kind of it was kind of a bit better. Um, I found yes. the second time. Like obviously, 
harder because I remember him like waking up in the night still so much and yeah. it's almost like they have sleep regressions when you're pregnant too and they you're just like how like, <laughs> yeah. I know it happened every time for us and so yeah. I remember freaking out like how am I going to do this but that's when I kind of said to Dan you know maybe you should go to him now because I'm going to be having a newborn soon so we kind of just worked it out as we as we went really yeah yeah awesome cool and so what was the um difference in care for you I guess like in New Zealand so obviously you said you were with a midwifery group practice the first time so what did you decide to do this time around? So this time I had um, a recommendation of a midwife and I got her and I was really stoked that I got her Um, and she was great and it was such a different um, experience because I just had this one midwife and I would see her every, you know, whenever you had the appointments Yeah. and we decided um, I had to obviously give her all my birth notes from the first birth because it was in Sydney. So she and I had to talk to her about my first birth. And I think between us, we decided that, you know, as far as first, first births go, mine was okay. Yeah. And I had a vaginal birth and, you know, so maybe we could try and give birth in a um, a birthing clinic, not a hospital, because I was living quite far from the hospital as well. So yeah. in Wellington, we were living up the coast, um, up in Plymouthton area, and that's about a half an hour drive to the, or maybe even thirty five minutes to the city hospital. Yeah. And so she suggested I go to Porirua, um and birth at Kinapuru Hospital, and well, it's Kinapuru Birthing unit or something yeah and I remember mum and everybody going oh no I don't think you should do that what if you need to have a you know an epidural because <laughs> they don't administer epidurals yeah. and they don't do c-sections or anything so what if something goes wrong so it was always I was arming and ahhing about that you know what do I do do I just do what the midwife suggests I do and so then we talked about it a lot and I realized that maybe I could just try and give birth there. And if if at any point I feel like, you know, unsafe or yeah. I need to get to the hospital, we would go, you know, straight away via, via an ambulance. So, yeah. yeah, so we decided that we'd book in there. So we, that was quite funny because then it made me think, right, I'm going to have to try and do this without an epidural. <laughs> And I know that I nearly did it last time yeah. in, in such a, um, it was such a chaotic environment that maybe I could possibly do it this time, but I don't really care. I'm, you know, I didn't really have an agenda. I just wanted to get the baby out. I never yeah. cared about what, uh, yeah. what happened. Um, yeah, that pregnancy was fine. Like no problem with the scans or anything. So that was a win. That was cool. Um, and then at about 38, he was born 38 weeks. Um, I, so he was early as well. So uh, Rico was three weeks early and Louis, I was, we had a couple of friends around at our house. Um, and I was, I just made a platter and I was sitting down and yarning and then it was time for them to go. And it was around five o'clock, but I sort of said to them, I think you kind of have to go. I possibly could be in labor. <laughs> and then it got to the point where I was like, I actually don't think I want to talk to you guys anymore. And so I think I said that out loud, like, <laughs> sorry, I don't really think I want to talk. I think you guys have to go. And so um, I remember walking them out the door with Dan and sort of being a bit funny and I didn't really want to bar of them. And 
<laughs> which is quite unlike me because I'm a bit yeah. of a people person. But um, and then I we were Dan was cooking a roast dinner, and it was five o'clock. And then at five thirty, I called mum and I said, "Mum, I think I might be in labour. I, you know, I I'm not sure, but I think I could be." And she said, okay, I'll come around. And you know when you do that call and you're thinking, oh, am I wasting people's time? Yeah. And so uh, Dan sat down for dinner and Rico was in the high chair. I remember this. And I just did not want the dinner. And that's when I kind of thought maybe I am in labor because I love food. And (laughs) I was like, I didn't, the smell was making me feel sick. And I was like, I just, and then I was getting my shoes on and I had brand new leather white Converse. And I remember doing them up and that that, there's a point to why I told you that. I'll tell you soon. Um, (laughs) And I remember mum walking up the stairs and going, um, oh my goodness, get yourself to the hospital now. And I was like, what, why? And I was like kind of leaning against the um, door frame. And she said, just get, hurry up, hurry up, go. And <laughs> I remember just like going in the car and Dan driving me, obviously. Oh, that's what I forgot to say to you. I was trying, because I was, we were giving birth at this unit, I wanted to try and listen to birth, um, birthing affirmations and yeah. hypnobirthing stuff. Yeah. So from about 30 weeks, I started listening to this affirmations every night before bed. And I was learning about the fact that my body was able to do this. Um, it's all good pain. Um, the calmer I am, the the quicker my baby will come to me. And so I said in the car to Dan, like, what do you need to say to me? What do you need to say to me? And he would say, "You can. your body is made for this. That is just all he would say. He, he's a man of few words, but he just said the right things. All he just said to me was, relax. The more you relax, the baby will come quicker. And so I just kept trying to breathe and just going, relax, relax. And I remember just knowing, like, thinking, surely I must be quite far along. Yeah. And then he took a wrong turn <laughs> and he had to reverse. And oh I was, God. like, dying. Yeah, I think I was just like, what are you doing? Because I don't know, something about the reverse um, motion, it was just so hard. So anyway, I. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, he, re- he reversed and finally parked. And I remember thinking, God, you know, jeepers, what's happening here? And then we walked in to the birthing room but there was a man in the waiting room or you walk into the actual hospital and then you've got to go right to the birthing room and I walked to the actual hospital and there was a man there in the waiting room and I looked at him and we made eye contact and then suddenly I just my waters broke and I (laughs) I remember looking down my legs like I had track like tight trackies on something I don't tights weren't even in then it was so dumb for me I was pregnant too early (laughs) in the day in in the years but um I remember uh, the the watery bloody mix was going on my brand new white converse. Oh no! And I just remember being <laughs> disaster. like disaster about that, but also yeah. so mortified that this man <laughs> was right there. 
Yeah. Anyway, I got, I, I walked in. I remember Dan like helping me, walking me. You're here to help me walk at this point. And it was all dark in there and there was no one in there. And then behind us came the midwife and she, she put on all these lights and there was like no one in this birthing. It was so different to Sydney. Like in Sydney, they didn't have a bed. I could, I chose any room in, the, in this new birthing unit because yeah. there was no one else there. And, um, I remember her going, get up on the bed. Um, I need to organize, you know, I need to get the room sorted. And she, she said, I'll do a quick internal. And so she quickly like did it. She got me on the bed and quickly looked at me and looked and sat and uh, did an internal, but she didn't even need to really look. Cause she just goes to Dan, you're going to be delivering this baby. <laughs> next, next um, contraction, you need to start to push. And Dan was just like, what? But he loves like Discovery Channel, so he was like all about it. He was just so like, okay, sweet. And so um, he looked at me, going like, think like he couldn't believe it, his luck yeah. that I was fully dilated. Like he just, <laughs> and so then I pushed, and he was born like three pushes later. Louis oh, wow. was born, and and Dan Dillett had to deliver him because the midwife there was like nothing ready, and she needed <laughs> to get everything sorted. Yeah, yeah. And he, I just remember looking at him and he was so elated that he didn't have to endure what he endured in Sydney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember um, he was, so I arrived there at 5.59 and he was born at 6.09. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I remember it was 11 minutes past six and he called my mum and he, ma, I heard mum, I remember this, mum answered and I could hear and mum said, how far along is she? And, and Dan said, no, he's born. And it was just so euphoric. <laughs> yeah. It was just incredible. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And how did you feel sort of like, you know, different birth experience, still like a good, you know, positive birth story, but far less chaotic in a different way, I guess. So how did you, how did you feel um, after this birth? I honestly felt like, just so amazing yeah. I just I felt like a superhuman I just yeah. felt so stoked and I just it was just a, a birth that I'll never I'll just want I, I kind of want to just relive that birth again yeah. because the feeling was just I mean it was so full-on for that short time yeah. but it was I, I kind of had control I, I kind of knew I could do it and yeah. and I just my mindset was so much more you know, in control. And I, I just, I mean, I didn't, I remember saying I'm a real bad, well, not bad, but I always say I can't do it. I can't do it. And I do yeah. know I, I, I'm not like, um, I mean, I've just been at my sister's two births and we're very different. Whereas she's very, very calm. Whereas I'm just like, I can't, I can't, yeah. but then I can, I can, you know, <laughs> I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a, a roller coaster, but it was pretty cool because I, I, I realized I can. Yeah. Mm. Where there's yeah. lots of times where you think you can't. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Awesome, cool. And how long did you end up staying there before going home? Um, yeah, again, I felt like I should stay there. I, I, I stayed there not long at all. I stayed mm. there one night, but that he was born at six eleven or six oh nine p.m. and I stayed that night. And I remember the midwife taking him, he was really mucousy and she took him from me for a couple of hours and let me sleep. And, you know, I was just not getting that kind of care in Sydney. So that was yeah. so lovely to have that. But I wanted to go home because I'm a homebody. So mm -hmm. the next day I went home and then I regretted it because you're, as soon as you go home, 
you're back being a mum to an 18 month old. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like, I just don't know why I just didn't let that up. But I just kind of wanted to get home and get my family unit going, you know? Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I can, I can understand that. And so yeah. how did you go with introducing um, new baby to Rico? And what was that whole experience like? Obviously having like a pretty young son and then mm. um, a newborn. What was that like? Um. So I remember doing all that reading up and thinking, what do you do? And there were just a few things that, you know, how they say, like, give a present to oh, yeah. Rico from yeah. the baby. I don't think I actually did that. I, yeah. I just remember always referring to Louis. So he was my second baby. Yeah. Um, as Rico's baby as well. And this yeah. is your baby. This is your baby. Like, I didn't want him to feel like it's, he's been replaced yeah 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 so that's like good this is good like stuff for you to take yeah. on too with your yeah. with your dry like so and mummy's hands are busy like I would never say like oh no I've just got to be with Louie I've got to feel I'll just be like mummy's hands are busy yeah um I'll be with you in a minute you know and I just always um when I re- when I introduced Louie to Rico it, through the pregnancy, this is your baby too. You know, it's not it's in my tummy, but it's your baby. Yeah. And so you know, it was time for Rico to meet his baby, and that, it went down well. Like it was good. Yeah. There were there was like I, I remember one occasion where he kind of lashed out at the baby once, and I quickly made him aware that that was not tolerated, and, yeah. and then he learned from that, and and it was a great thing for him because. He really likes the company, and he yeah. he 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 always yeah. It was because he was so young. I, I have this thought that it was almost like really good for him because he didn't really know much different, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. he just has he's been raised with Louis pretty much, and I I never, he didn't go to preschool or anything. Or he actually did go to preschool, but he would he I, I started him quite late on there was a, a spot that came available just before Louis was born, which in hindsight is not good timing really for him. He needed to have, have longer to settle. Yeah. And so he didn't really settle into that. So I just kept him at home with me and it was fine. And I mean, it was, I look back and I think, God, it was so hard, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I wasn't a working mum, so I didn't really have to pop him into daycare or anything like that. So I had him and Louis with me a lot and it was great. And I think, yeah, I, I didn't really have, the only thing that I what I really remember is that Louis actually chilled me out. So yeah. um, Rico was quite hard work, and Louis was really cruisy. And even though he did have really bad reflux, he um, was a really cruisy kid and baby, and to this day is really chilled and a very calm nature. Mm-hmm. So he was like a perfect mix for Rico. So yeah. it, and me, you know, he made me realize, oh, it doesn't matter if they don't sleep, you know, just chill. You know, he yeah. he really um, made me realize that I just needed to relax. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what about your feeding journey this time around? Was it much different to your first? Oh, yes. Like yeah. I fed all my babies, but every baby I found difficult to start. Um, it always hurt. And I always saw, you know, how they say, oh, it shouldn't hurt. I mean, it always hurt, but <laughs> I does, always yeah. fed. Yeah. And yeah. so it still took a while and he was pretty, um, really bad reflux. He spilt every feed and it would just stress me out. And, but, we yeah there was there was a lot of a lot of stress like with the feeding you know but I always did feed and and we I feed all my babies till they were one and I after it's each child you know after 
six weeks I remember thinking oh yeah I kind of got that down pat kind of a bit now yeah. and then by three months it doesn't hurt at all and it's easy as so just yeah. take it's like the whole journey eh? like you know your milk comes in and it's you've you you think you've you've had the baby and then your milk comes in and you're like oh my god and like I yeah. always had so much milk so I was always having to use flannels and I'd have to express to start like I would get into the letdown to come and then I would take him off the boob and like stop the flow and get rid of lots of the flow because he couldn't the reflux yeah. was so hard for him to manage and so yeah. it was always a rigmarole I was never just your easy like nice feeder that had perfect amount of milk for the, pa- for the baby <laughs> yeah yeah it's leaking yeah. and the other boob would leak and I'd have yeah, to have flannel yeah. in the other boob and it was just a real pain for yeah. a lot for each one for a few months really until yeah. it settled down yeah yeah and so what sort of happened I guess from there with your little family and I know that you said you always thought that you wanted to have four but what was the next step in in deciding or did you decide that you wanted to have a third yeah it's just so weird I like I just look back and think what was I thinking really like I don't know like I'm from four my husband's from four but then his dad remarried and had two more so he's like from six and um I just I just, we just always thought we would have four. And yeah. so I don't even know why, because why, that's a lot of kids and it's, there's a lot of boys in my house right now, <laughs> but um, you wouldn't know they're watching a family movie. So um, <laughs> yeah, no. So the third one, I think Dan, we met Dan and I, Dan and I had talked about that we would have four and it beforehand. So it was like never a case of like, uh, are we just going to have two? Like we just always yeah. knew we'd try and have four. Um, he wanted to have a big, you know, I don't even think it is that big really. It's only four, but people, it's not very common these days to have four, yeah. eh? Yeah, no, it's not that common. <laughs> no, and so um, we were actually, we decided to, he, this is, this, this pregnancy was a little bit deceiving. He always reckoned that it was like an immaculate conception. <laughs> but then like in the last few years he's like let me know that he it, it kind of like he remembers that one time it was Oh my god, this <laughs> is the same story as me and Joe this time around. Like he swore that there was no way and then now he's like, "Oh yeah, that one time." Oh my gosh, same with him. And it was yeah. so funny because I remember like for years I thought it was an immaculate because I always tell my friends, "Don't do the withdrawal method no. because it, that's <laughs> How we got, that's how we got pregnant but then lately it's like oh actually there was one time yeah. <laughs> so I I know it was like early on in the piece of us trying like but I don't even well actually no to be honest I remember going to the doctor for Louis's 15 month jabs and I was pregnant and yeah. I remember thinking what like we hadn't really officially properly started trying so this mm. was the immaculate conception the little um <laughs> little um white lie yeah. so um yeah, and I, so that meant that we were going to have the third baby when my little Louie was going to be 22 months old. So yeah. um, he, so I was going to have three, three and a half, Rico was three years, four months by the time Carlos was born. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I was pregnant with Lossie, and then we decided to move to Christchurch at about 34 weeks pregnant. Um yeah. Dan's a builder and we he broke his leg playing rugby and we came down here to South Island for a bit of a trip because um, what else are you going to do when he's a builder and he couldn't work for 12 weeks and I drove our car and we had the two boys in the back and we decided we'd come and move move to Christchurch because he wanted to start his own business down here and there was a lot of work down here at the time. Um, 
and much to our family's horror because we were leaving mum and dad <laughs> and aunties and uncles. Yeah. Anyway, so we moved down and I was 34 weeks pregnant, had to get a midwife, found one um, just through like a Facebook page. I put it, put it out there and found a lovely midwife. And um, But because she didn't know my journey, my birth, you know, she didn't know my body, She, I had to have the baby at Christchurch, Christchurch Women's Hospital. Right. Yeah, so I couldn't, like, do the birthing unit or a home birth or anything like that. Well, I think, yeah, she was quite old school and she was an older lady and she'd been a midwife for years and years and years. And so she wasn't really into kind of a home birth at all. I didn't really – that wasn't a problem. I didn't care. Again, I just wanted to have the baby out, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, So I booked into Crochet Women's and – yeah, I got to 40 weeks and I'm still pregnant and I'm telling everybody, oh, no, I go early because I yeah. had a three-week early and a two-week early. <laughs> yeah. And I remember absolutely just struggling so hard with that because, yeah, honestly, you have a baby three weeks early and then the next one's two weeks. You just don't think you're going to get to full term. Yeah. And um, anyway, at about 40, 40 weeks pregnant, three days, finally, he – decided to come and my parents had come down for the birth to help out because we didn't have any family down here um we did have one of my husband's uncles and aunties but they were busy and stuff so mum and dad stayed at the um that we lived at the time there was a little holiday um park and they had a cabin (laughs) it was so funny (laughs) just for a few weeks and finally um yeah uh, it was getting to that point where they'd been there for a week because you know I was probably going to go a bit early and so it was a bit stressful thinking that they wouldn't be there and t- yeah. they'd be gone, you know. But anyway, so um, went into labour in the middle of the night, um, as I feel like most of my births happened that way, except for Louis. Louis was born at, you know, a decent time. But in the middle of the night, I went into labour. And again, the Braxton Hicks really messed with me because I, I get such so many Braxton Hicks for the second and third births that I yeah. would often think I was in labour. Yeah. And it would often be when we had sex and um, it, it would make the Braxton Hicks come along. And yes. then, yeah. <laughs> oh, so bad. Like, yeah. And I and so that because that would happen, I'd do it again and we'd have sex again because I'd be like, oh, maybe this is going to happen this, this time. This is going to make the baby come. And it <laughs> never did. I don't yeah. know. I just uh, don't know. We tried so, <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. Um, I got to the hospital and it was all unfamiliar to me because we're in Christchurch. So again, you know, I'd only been in Christchurch for six weeks and I didn't have any, I had one sort of friend that I'd made at a play group and I didn't really have, know anybody. And we had these two little boys and it was pretty weird going to a hospital you just don't know and like in a city you don't know. Um, Everyone said to me before we left, why don't you stay here and have the baby and then go? But I was like, no, no, we quite like a challenge. Um, and I remember getting into the hospital room and saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. And the lady going, you can do it. And I remember saying to her, how many babies have you had? And she said, she said none. And I just went like, oh, great. Well, I don't, I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> which is like so wrong because she's a professional but I just yeah, yeah. I just felt like a bit deflated with that comment I wanted her to say three or something yeah. you know because it was my third birth and I remember Dan just saying to me again you can do it you know your body's designed for this you know um think of it as good pain 
And I just do remember thinking like, you know, I just, I remember feeling like I can't do it. I can't do it. Anyway, um, my waters broke and I was up on the ta- on the bed and there was meconium. Yeah. So they called the alarm and everyone, ca- all these doctors came in and it was quite a lot of meconium. So there was quite a lot of stress in that point. And I was very far along now though. I was sort of transitioning, but they were like, you just have to push no matter what. So I was having to push without a contraction mm, okay, because they needed to get him out as fast yeah. as I could. And anyway, he was born and we didn't know the gender of this one. And I remember Dan, I remember not even thinking about it though. When he was born, I was so relieved that he was born and he was healthy. And then Dan was like, oh, it's another boy. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, I didn't even know. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so he was born, and he was the third in three years, really. And he was the most amazing, easiest baby I've ever had. And he, (laughs) um, because he didn't have reflux, and I just Mm. couldn't believe it. I was waiting every day for him to start vomiting and to start screaming, and he didn't. And he was so calm, and he was so chilled, and he slept like those babies you'd hear about he just slept and it was like he knew that he just needed to sleep because I had these two little boys that (laughs) were running me ragged um yeah and so that was by far the hardest transition like two to three because I had they were all so young yeah um and I actually got asked this on my Instagram the other day um you know what was harder two to three or three to four and it was definitely two to three because even though he was such a cruisy baby just that logistics was so hard for me because the, there was a three-year-old, not even a two-year-old in him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty full on. But, I mean, it was so awesome because we did it and we did it together and it was a really cool time for our family because it was just us and yeah. we we made it work and it was – I can't believe it that we did it really, yeah. Yeah, looking back on it now, right? Mm, I know. I just looked <laughs> at my sister who's got the two under two. Well, Nina's now two, but – I'm just like, oh, yeah, I know, I know. You don't need to to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so how did you go, I guess, um, like, was your feeding journey quite different this time around because no reflux or, yeah, what was this one like? Yeah, it's funny because he wasn't – the feeding journey was, again, I remember every time being, you know, oh, this is a bit difficult. This is a bit harder than I thought, you know. I can't wait to get to that point where it's just not hard or not a rigmarole. Um, He was – he was good, uh, easy feeder and the fact that there was no reflux, no, but, um, you know, I still had to navigate the whole, I had so much milk and yeah. I never expressed or anything because I just couldn't find that balance. Cause every time I would express, I'd just get so much milk Yeah. and he, none of them took bottles either. Like I just couldn't work that out. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have the support. I didn't know who to call on. Yeah. And so I never really bothered with the bottle. So it was always just me feeding and, um, yeah, he was pretty, um, pretty good feeder, but he did set like, I, I didn't feed him. He kind of weaned himself at around about 10 months and th- yeah, we stopped feeding at around then cause he just sort of self weaned. Um, yeah, but I didn't worry about it. It was no problem. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. So not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so when or how far into your journey with three, very close to under three boys, did you um, think maybe that number four might be on the cards? 
I tried to like trick myself that I just have three <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, no, no, we're done. Cause I just didn't want to get pregnant again as well. Yeah. Like I just find pregnancy a bit of a pain and yeah. I know it's, yes, we're so lucky, but I just, I was never your easy pregnant. Like I just, I used to swell and it was just, I yeah. was not good. I'm, I'm a moaner as well. And I just used to pee. <laughs> I mean, I haven't even told you about the fact that I would have like a bucket in my room to pee in because I, oh, we, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is just so bad. Eh? But we, we lived well, like some stairs in our house and the toilet was downstairs and I just couldn't keep going down the stairs. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty bad. But um, no, so I think, okay, so obviously I've got three boys and you know how they say, like, do you, I remember my neighbour in Christchurch saying, oh, do, do you not know the recipe to make a girl? And I remember being like, oh, whatever. And then obviously you think, oh, okay, is there a recipe? And so I said to them, maybe we should just try once. We'll just try <laughs> once in the time that they say is the recipe. So, you know, you they say you should do it to get a girl. You do it before ovulation and then you just abstain. And so then the fast swimmers die off and the slow swimmers will get the sperm and that will uh-huh. be a girl. Have yeah. you heard that? I have not heard that, but I have heard something similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's real funny because all the other three boys, like I never cared. Like I never did that. But I thought, okay, well, it's the last one. Maybe I should just try and we'll just yeah. do that because – then at least I can say I tried and obviously if I have another boy then I'm just meant to be a mother of four boys and you know so I never did it we never got pregnant just to have like try for a girl it was like we wanted four kids anyway so one day it was this is really not this is this was quite unusual for back then being so knee deep in nappies the kids were all napping and it was middle of the day and I said (laughs) right we need to do it now and I remember, I remember him going like, what, now? And I was like, yep, yeah, come on, quick, only just now, like, it's the right time, I'm like day 10. And so we did it, and um, we didn't do it again, and <laughs> then I was pregnant. And as soon as I felt, like, as soon as we found out I was pregnant, I just felt, like, complete, and I didn't even know what it was. I just knew this was the right thing, we're having yeah. one more, and this will be our baby. And it was so funny, because at the 12-week scan, I said to the woman, which I had just happened to be the manager of the facility. So she's quite, you know, far up it. She knew what she was doing when she was scanning. And I said to her, look, this is my fourth pregnancy. I've got three sons. Can you just like, if you see anything, can you tell me? Because, you know, I just need, I need to put at rest, you know, if I'm not going to be, have a daughter. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll see what I can see. We don't normally see anything though. <laughs> and then as soon as she put the Doppler on my belly, she was like, oh, 99% sure that's another boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Dan like grabbed my arm and he said, um, Oh, you're right, babe. And I said, No, I'm fine. I love him. Like, I just was fine. I mean, there was definitely like, Oh God, wow. How? How is there another boy? Like, how? <laughs> yeah, Who is yeah. this boy? And like, I'm not going to have a daughter. And is that going to be okay? And like, the comments that I would get were so hurtful. And it was just, I think that the comments that I got were the hurtful comments and that would, that would confuse my brain that, oh, should I not be happy about this or something, you know? And, but deep down in me, I did feel like I was lucky. Like I thought, wow, I'm going to be the only queen in this house. Like that's, (laughs) you know? And yeah, um, yeah, so anyway, 20 weeks scan came and um, 
I really wanted to give birth at the, there's a really cool place down here called St. George's and you, apparently they do like, well, I know they do because my sister got to give birth there, but it's a birthing unit as well. And, um, they do really yummy iced chocolates and they do real good food and yeah. they do hot chocolates and they do it with cream and they treat you real nicely. And it's a really nice experience. So I was really wanting to give birth there, but at the 20 week scan, I got told that I had a foreign, there was something foreign in my body and it was reacting funny to my blood and everything. And that foreign thing was actually my baby. And I had a thing called anti-E. So it wasn't anti-D, it was anti-E. And I had to have a blood test and a scan every week from 20 weeks. Oh, wow. And it was such a pain because I had the three other little kids and it was really not the one because it was stressful and they said that this is good that it's your last pregnancy you probably shouldn't have another baby and that kind of annoyed me because I fancied being a surrogate and stuff yeah um yeah anyway um so the blood tests and stuff were just to check my levels every week to make sure there was that it was fine and there was a big chance that I'd have to have the baby early and I would have him he would the baby would have to have a blood transfusion at birth Right. So what is anti-E? Like how could, could, can you explain it to someone who's not heard of it? Not really, because (laughs) I tried to like find out all the stuff and even the midwife was like, it's really hard to explain it to you. Um, There isn't much info out there. And I actually looked it up before to try and re-see if there's now more information. And there's like nothing. It's just like um, his blood type and my blood type were not matching and they weren't, there was a chance that um, the transfusion thing, I'm not, I couldn't really ever come to terms with understanding it. And yeah. that sounds a bit, but, no, thick, no, but I just, yeah, but I, I, I didn't need to kind of worry too much because it, the levels kept staying the same and it was fine. And I was checked so much yeah. that it just made me think, okay, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. And so I was 39 weeks, maybe two days before my due date and my waters broke at home. It's so weird how, you know, your waters break at all different times. Yeah. Like first birth waters broke. And then two days later he was born. Second birth, they broke as I walked in and I was about to give birth, you know, and then yeah. the third. Yeah. Um, so they, these waters broke, the waters broke kind of at the start for the fourth birth. And I didn't have family down in Christchurch. So um, I had a friend, that first friend I spoke about that I met, and the, my first sort of friend in Christchurch, she was going to come and look after my kids when I um, was in labour because yeah. I didn't know when, I didn't want mum and dad to have to hang around again. I didn't know what was going to happen. So um, she actually lived quite far away from me though, about 25 minutes, my friend. And yeah. I, I rang her and I said, I'm in labour and, you know, I go quite quickly. So come round. And I remember ringing my midwife and her saying, no, no, you should just stay. It, it wasn't the same midwife because the midwife had retired. It was a new midwife and the midwife said, oh no, you just stay at home, stay at home. And I was so sure I was so far along that I was like, I'm not staying at home. And she wasn't very happy with that. And I remember just saying to Dan, I just want to go to the hospital. Can we just go to the hospital? Especially because I was getting my friend around too. I didn't want to just like, I just needed to get out. Yeah. And I remember driving in and Dan driving me in and I remember thinking like, oh, you know, I'm pretty, I reckon I, you know, hey, I reckon I'm about six centimeters or something. (laughs) Yeah. And so then we get to the hospital and um, the midwife knows that we've gone there, but she's not very happy. And I, I see this other midwife and she, um, she does an internal. Oh no, she doesn't do an internal. She just gets me into a room and just, and she said, your midwife will be here soon. Yeah. 
and the midwife came and she did an internal and she said, um, you're not even in labor. And I I remember being like, what? And she was like, you're only about like two or three centimeters dilated. And I just, but it was, um, he was posterior. Uh, Okay. And I just remember thinking like, are you actually kidding me? This is my fourth birth. And I felt like a fool because I felt like it was annoying because she was annoyed that I was there. Yeah. And, but I felt like I was so adamant. I was, you know, like seven centimeters or something. And I just wasn't. And it was so hard for my brain to believe that because I'd done it before and I'd hit. So it was a different kind of pain, this one, because he was um, back to back. Mm. And anyway, cut a long story short, I just hung out in the shower for ages. And Dan, I used to, I was pissed off and I would say to Dan, like, this is so unfair. Like, why is this happening to me? It's like my last time I'm doing this. Can it not just be straightforward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just makes you realize now, way that like it's just things are just not in your control, and you just have to let it go. And it's like life sometimes, eh? Like, yeah. yeah. And so then, um, anyway, I finally got to the point where I was um, able to, you know, be fully. De- I was in transition, and she, che- you know, she she said, "You're ready to go." And so I did it. Um, I gave birth to him and it was like the best ever because I had this healthy baby that didn't need a bland blood transfusion and he was so cute like his brothers <laughs> and he looked and I couldn't believe that I had four really cute, four cute boys and I was just stoked and, but, um, and I was in the shower about half an hour after the birth. So, yeah. um, I remember the midwife going to me, you were incredible. And I remember thinking, why did you not tell me that at the start? Like you, yeah. you just made me feel not incredible, but it was great to hear those words. And then um, I went in the shower and then the Kaikoura earthquake happened. Oh my gosh. Oh no. And we, we were on level five of the Christchurch hospital yeah. and it was intense and oh, it was shit. so scary. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was in the shower. Dan had the baby. His name's Tay. So Tana means youngest in Māori. And, um, he, Dan came to me with his tiny, tiny half an hour baby, you know, old baby. And I was like, Dan said, get to the ground. And so we went under the door frame in the shower kind of thing, the bathroom. And it was so scary. Oh and God. then, and then the worst thing was, um, it lasted quite a long time, the shake of the building. So the building's on rollers, so it is designed for earthquakes. So what happens, though, in an earthquake, it shakes a lot. It rolls, mm. and it rolls more than your typical building, so it was yeah. pretty intense. And um, But my we live by the beach, and we were getting evacuated. So Dan had to leave within like, right then. So oh. Dan, my friend Jen had to go back to her family, and we had Dan had to get all my boys out of the house. This is like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. And he has to go to higher ground. So he just like, I've got this new baby in hospital. We're having aftershocks, like left, right, and center. He's on a in high, like driven up the bank with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it was just like the worst. So like my fourth birth ending just, just yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And so like that was, and then the next morning there was still aftershocks and he, they quickly checked him to make sure he didn't need another blood, you know, the, a blood transfusion then. Yeah. And I just got um, omitted straight away and went straight home to the circus. That is now my family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I never got the time like I wished upon, but yeah, there's been, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, should we do it again just to get that time? But no, no, no way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
And how did the boys um, react to having, you know, their final baby brother at home? Like so amazingly. Yeah. They just, it was, he was like, it's so weird. Like he is like the missing little piece to the puzzle in a way. Yeah. Like he, he's the baby, but he is just the kindest, most loving brother. And so which means they all like love him. And like, it's, yeah. it's just, it was so much easier this time because Rico was, he was five at the time, but nearly six and Louis was a really I, I worked really hard with getting them to be kind of role models and like they looked after the third one a lot they used to put as I remember they'd put toothpaste on his brush and help me out I used to just I always made this point of including them in their baby coming this is their baby you know as I said yeah. earlier the first the second and I always made sure that the toddler was able to walk with me around the blocks that's something I was going to tell you like with Jai um go for little walks with him without the buggy, you know, like make him hold your hand and, and to teach him that he's got to stay close by to you all the time. And just little, little things like that. I just, yeah. So I, I, I look back now and I think, Oh my God, I can't believe I did it like that. Like so, so many and such a quick succession, but I always got such a thrill taking them all out like to the library or to the museum and having them all and, and them and obviously there were lots of times where it went pear shaped and it was horrendous and I'd cry. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there were so many times where I felt like I'm so lucky to be able to do this. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And how did you find, I guess, um your recovery this time around? Like did you find it any different to um, your third or you know your earlier pregnancies and births or what was that like I remember each pregnancy um I would feel like the pressure more in my vagina like yeah. going to the toilet was always the fourth pregnancy was just like oh my god I felt like it was going to fall out, fall out. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I never had a prolapse or anything like that and um yeah I I recovered after the fourth birth I remember the physio coming in and I knew this is just so crazy because I mean, I've got this business called Move It Mama and you need to be cleared for exercise before you start um, exercise. And, you know, it, it's so something that should be part of our six-week check. Yes. It should, it's just so bad that, mm. like, it's not. But it just so happens that a physio checked me on, like, the day after I had the fourth baby and checked my stomach muscles and couldn't believe how good they were. And, you know, I didn't have any um, diastasis or anything like that. And... I remember thinking, wow, this is so cool. I got this check, but that does not happen. And very often, and I don't know why I got it, but my, yeah, I have been really lucky with my recovery, my um, vagina. Like I've always, um, yeah, the fourth one was probably like, I I was quite fit beforehand. I think I had been sort of exercising a lot in the third, the fourth pregnancy. Yeah. And I think that really did help with my recovery. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think it's so bad that there's just not that yeah. – you've got to pay so much money to get – to get, like, 200 something dollars to get yeah. your insides checked that they haven't – you know, that it's okay, that they're okay. Mm. But, um, no, I've been really lucky in my body. So, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm. Cool. And is there anything else that you want to share in terms of any of your stories or anything that we haven't covered? Um, 
No, not really. I do think that a lot of the time people looking in would be like, oh, she must be a really good mum. She's got four kids or she must love it. And I just want to say that there's so much of it I find so hard. And yes, I love children, but gosh, sometimes I think, you know, whoa. (laughs) And I get overwhelmed and I get stressed and I think, you know, it's, it's really a hard job. So, you know, I don't know. I just think you can never tell what's going on behind closed doors, you know, yeah social media can make things look a bit um warped sometimes so yeah, yeah as long as I think we need to be a bit more um transparent about that like I we yeah. did plan to have these four babies and we feel really lucky and stoked that we've got this big family but by yeah. no means is it easy yeah 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 no I think that's a really valid and good point thank you and thank you so much Lisa for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us I've loved hearing about your four different births and oh. um yeah for quite different experiences so thank you very much for being willing to come on and chat with me you're welcome thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of kiwi birth tales i hope you have enjoyed it i look forward to bringing you another awesome episode next week so keep an eye out imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.